Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, welcome to the liturgy of the 29th Sunday of the year. Last Sunday, the young rich man asked Jesus a fundamental question about what he must do to inherit eternal life. This is very, very important to all of us, since what will it profit us after all this earthly sojourn? We miss eternity, so we need to know. However, Jesus referred him to the Ten Commandments. Boastfully, he said, he has kept them from his youth. Jesus said, one thing is remaining. Go sell all your own, offer the money to the poor. The young man was miserable because he possessed so much and was attached to his possessions. Jesus challenges the rich that unless they become wise and detach to attach to God, it will be impossible for them to make heaven. Detachment to attach. When we detach from material things and then hold on to God, we need wisdom in order to do that. And that was what the first reading was telling us last Sunday. Wisdom that cannot be measured with material things. That wisdom stands above. And the second reading tells us God is wisdom. The word of God is as sharp as a two-edged sword. And God is that wisdom. And so for us to finish our earthly sojourn successfully, we need the wisdom from above. And that divine wisdom is God himself. And where do we find it? In the Bible. So we have to read the Bible in order to know true wisdom and be able to follow it in order to get to where we are going, which is heaven. Today, Jesus turned towards Jerusalem in preparation to his passion, death, and resurrection, as he foretold already. At such a decisive and critical moment came the mundane request from James and John. And when they tell us Jesus is facing Jerusalem, they mean like the Holy Week, the ceremony that ushers us into the Holy Week, which is Palm Sunday. And when Jesus went into Jerusalem, he didn't come out. He went for the passion, death, and then the resurrection. So when Jesus had told them this serious matter, such a decisive moment in his life, came a request that was so mundane. Grant us to sit one on the right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom, in your glory. Matthew narrated a similar story in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, 
verses 20. But the request was met by their mother, who is Salome. To Matthew, it is the mother that made the request. But to Mark, it is the two sons of Zebedee. Apparently, mother and sons, we are in agreement in requesting honored places in Christ's kingdom. Matthew must have felt such a request was unworthy of the apostles, and to save their reputation, the mother tendered the request. Mark aims at telling us that the apostles were not saints, they were mere humans. They were ordinary men and ordinary men like us that Jesus set out to use in order to change the world. Mark presented James and John, John's attitudes to be one, very ambitious. And we are very, very ambitious. Out of the 12 apostles, for two brothers to come to ask that the one want to sit at the right and the other on the left. How would the other feel? We are told certainly as humans, they became very, very sad with such a development. So it brought them out to be ambitious people. Secondly, the thoughts of a Messiah in terms of earthly power and glory. They were so myopic in their own view. They thought of it, limited it to the earthly Messiah. However, Jesus' standard of greatness implies being able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. The metaphor of drinking the cup is used in the Old Testament to refer to the acceptance of the destiny designed by God, which is the cross. Baptism is his crucifixion and death for the salvation of human rest. The request of James and John to share in his glory necessarily involves a share in Jesus' sufferings, the endurance of tribulations, and suffering for the gospel. The disciples, like most Jews, had a distorted notion of the Messiah's kingdom as predicted by the Old Testament people. They thought Jesus would establish an earthly kingdom that would free Israel from the Roman operation. James and John wanted honored places. However, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. It is not centered in palaces or thrones, but in hearts and lives of his followers. The disciples did not understand this until after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus used the opportunity to catechize, to teach his apostles on servant leader. Servant leader. In a world where the leaders load it on others, greatness is measured by the position of power and authority. 
businesses, organizations, and institutions major greatness by personal achievement. Personal achievement, positions, and the rest. Jesus radically changed the narrative by initiating a servant leader. Servant leader focuses on the welfare of others ahead of our desire for power or prestige or possessions. The servant leader places order before him before self and acts on that basis and thereby changes the world for good. Whoever wishes to be the first among you must be your servant. James and John wanted the highest position in Jesus' kingdom to be the minister of state, but Jesus told them that the true greatness comes in serving others. Jesus uses the ambition of James and John to remind us that whatever position we occupy should be for service in Christ's kingdom. However, service is the way to get ahead. Rather than seeking to have your needs met, look for ways that you can minister the needs of the people. As a priest, I am a servant. The Pope, most of the Popes have had their motto to be the servant of the servants of the people of God. The servant of the servants of the people of God. That is the Pope. The servant of the servants of the people of God. So if the Pope says that, who am I a bloody priest? I am a servant. I am the only ordained Whatever that it takes, as far as the services of the priest is concerned, I must do it. I will do it lovingly and caringly, without turning away from it. Even when I am tired and there is someone that is sick, critically at the point of death, I have to struggle to go and anoint that person. Since you cannot do that work, the work is designated for me. And whatever work you should do, you're supposed to do, you too must do that. Serve the people in the family requires service. The husband is the servant, chief servant, and the wife is another servant in the house. The children are all servants. If everybody is struggling to serve, the home will be a happy home. We don't have a big man that sits in a big seat for others to come and say, my Lord, don't have the Lord. The Lord is in heaven. We are all servants. Where is our workplace? To some, God has given them places of honor. And they have companies. They have people working under them. And most of them are just complaining about the treatment we give to them. The position of honor God has given to us we will account for it. A story was told about this lady that each time she came to work, she stops to greet the security man in a very, very distinguished way. Here you don't have security. 
security uh, get men in homes because the technology has got to the point that uh, you have light constantly and therefore you have the court to the house the house is fenced you don't have any problem with that but back home in a company that before this lady gets into the company she stops to greet the security person and the security persons are insignificant people they didn't school much and so they are doing the menial work and so there was a day if she goes to the company she greets when she's returning she greets one fateful day she walked in and couldn't come out and this man started tracing to know what is really wrong with this person I have not seen her come to go work has closed she's still around he looked for her and looked for her and looked for her little did he know that she went into a room that locked and she was at the point of dying until this man came he discovered it and was able to assist her and brought her out she never saw herself as a big person she respected this man at the gate as someone that God has placed there for a purpose in heaven there will be no big man there will be no small man all of us will stand before the throne and then he will judge us according to our deeds and that is why we need to try to be as transparent as possible we need to try like the auditors will do like the accountants will do before they close they make sure that their records tallies our earthly records must tally because we shall render account of whatever we must have done here on earth and that in mind we have to struggle and work hard in order to earn heaven today the focus is on servanthood we are called to be servants the bigger the smaller we should be and jesus said i you you call me master in the gospel of john chapter 13 from verses 1 to 15 he pulled all he was wearing fetched water and started washing their feet and that work was reserved in the family for the servant to come and do when he got to peter he said not me you can't wash my feet Jesus said, unless I wash your feet, you have no place in my kingdom. He said, not only my feet, even with my hands, everything. Having washed their feet, he came out and said, you, you call me master. And here am I serving you. I have left an example for you. Go and do the same. We are all called to be servants. Everywhere you are, you are a servant. It's so degrading, but it takes humility. It takes humility to serve. We are called to service wherever we find ourselves. Down here is not a problem. When you go to a society that is classified, stratified, the high class and the lower class, there you will see that those on top, they load it on those below. Those below have no say. 
They just have to trust and obey whatever he said to them. All of us are servants, and someday we shall stand before our master. While James and John's request was mundane and untimely, it has its positive side as they paid a great price for their faith. They were the members of the inner carcass. When you talk about the immediate three, they were among them. They were witnesses to the most important event. One, they witnessed the transfiguration. Jesus having said to them, he will suffer and be handed over to the priest and then the leaders. And then they will crucify him on the third day. He will rise again. He carried them to the mountain top. Peter, James, and John. And then there he was transfigured. His face became dazzlingly white. And Peter said, it is nice that we are here. Let's make three tents. Jesus said, no, we can't remain here. We have to come back until I pass through this before the glory will come. Also at the Garden of Gethsemane, James, Peter, and John, we are all there. So when Jesus asked them, can we drink the cup? They said, yes. And we could see it in reality that they meant what they were saying. To some, they could pay lip service, but these people didn't pay lip service. They were at the garden. St. James was the first bishop of Jerusalem. He drank the cup of Christ when he was beheaded by King Herod in 43 AD. The first apostle that died as a martyr, James himself, he didn't deny Jesus when it became necessary for him to die for him. And while his brother, John, was entrusted with the care of the Blessed Virgin Mary by Jesus on the cross until her death. Jesus said, Behold your mother, mother, behold your son. He entrusted John to the care of his mother. Though he suffered a great deal of persecution, but God mysteriously or miraculously saved him, first saved his life, he approximately wrote the fourth gospel. And he was the oldest of all the apostles to die. And we are told when he became so feeble, he couldn't move. They could bring him to address the Christian community. The heart of his message was always centered on love. Brothers and sisters, love one another. What can we learn today? Ambition is good. It has its negative and positive side. And these people, their ambition, we could say was positive because they really aimed at serving God. But there are some ambitions that are negative. You want it for your own self and for your family. But Jesus said for you to aspire towards greatness, it should be for service. And secondly, Service is very, very important that all of us are called to serve. Like Jesus in the first reading, the prophecy of Isaiah, that he is that servant, the suffering servant, that Isaiah prophesied that was coming through his suffering that many will be justified. And even in the gospel reading, the high priest 
who passed through all the sufferings but didn't sin all that he did in order to save humanity. So the ball is now in our court. We are called to be servants wherever we find ourselves. Let us struggle to live up to this. It is in being servants that we will be exalted after our earthly sojourn. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.stanneaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.